Well, a few teams have been talked about in the Big 12 more over the past week than the Texas Tech Red Raiders after they fired Matt Wells last week. I'm Pete Mundo. We are HeartlandCollegeSports.com, and let's welcome on and say hello to Jarrett Johnson. He's done great work as the publisher of InsideTheRedRaiders.com. He joins us on the show. Uh, Jarrett, let's just backtrack to a week ago at this time and uh, start here, which is how surprised were you by this move? Well, first off, Pete, uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I always love coming on here. You do a great job. So thanks for having me. Um, In terms of being surprised, no. Uh, Unfortunately, I was not surprised. I know if you don't understand the context of what was going on under Matt Wells out here in uh, Lubbock, then I could see how you're like, hey, they were five and three. It's just he hadn't even finished his third season. That's way too fast. But uh, if you go back and look at the the previous seasons, whether it be you know blowing a 15 point lead in like what two minutes against Texas, um, some really weird uh, clock management mistakes, and then this year where they basically no showed against UT and Austin, where they couldn't even get lined up on defense for an entire game for some reason. Uh, and then TCU, where the scheme was just so flawed, it doesn't take an expert or it didn't take an expert to see, like, this wasn't going to work against a team that just wants to line up and run against you. And this is a TCU team, which is also, you know, has a coaching vacancy for a reason. Um, it's not a good team. And then Kansas State, another not very good team, to be, just to be quite honest. Uh, Tech had up, or Tech was up by 14 and uh, blew that, found a way to blow that game. So, after the TCU game, it was like Wells was one mistake away, and then that mistake came against Kansas State. And in between those two games, uh, Wells had a very um, unfortunate kind of mishap on a what should have been an easy question to answer during a coaching change, where basically he, uh, he was at, he was asked what does he like about Lubbock, and he couldn't come up with anything. And I, it's my opinion, no matter what location uh, you're at, you should have a you know, an answer ready for that. So you can sell your program in your area. And uh, it was just very awkward. And it was just, I, there was a sense of inevitability to Wells's firing. And I think Kirby Hoka and the powers that be at Texas tech said, let's just go ahead and get this process going. Well, I, I completely um, agree from the standpoint of that comment. I'm going to play that comment quickly here on air for people that maybe haven't heard it. Cause I want to follow up uh, on that. Here's, here's part of what Matt Wells had to say when he was asked about, you know, what your favorite thing is about Lubbock. Uh, what's your favorite thing about living in Lubbock? Well, um, favorite thing about living in Lubbock. Uh, now everybody's looking at me. <laughs> I mean, he goes on to talk about his family, but uh, Jarrett, this is a layup. I mean, you just say, hey, the people, are, the people yeah. are great. The communities embrace me from day one, even though we haven't, you know, lived up to our expectations. They're still supporting us. It's such a politician easy thing to answer. Was that Matt Wells knowing that the writing was on the wall, trying to tweak people, or was he genuinely caught off guard by such an easy question? I think he was. I think he just kind of choked. Choked. You know what I mean? <laughs> to be yeah. quite honest, you know, he. I think he just. I guess he got caught off guard. I don't know how you get caught off guard by that question. I mean, no matter where you're, no matter where you're at in the country, uh, yeah. including Lubbock, you should have that answer uh, ready to go. Like you said, I mean, anything. You know, Lubbock has a su- surprisingly really good uh, amount of pizza, uh, you know, yeah, like, which is yeah. just random and, and Italian food. Anything, but uh, what he said. So, yeah. you know, and, and Wells, 
he fully, I, I talked to him basically when this was going on, um, when he got fired, right before he got fired, after he got fired. And I don't want to share everything that we talked about because some of it was private. He's a really good guy. He's been really good to me and my family, but uh, he was surprised. He was very surprised that he was fired and he wasn't given the chance to finish the season. So he it seemed like everybody else was not surprised, mm-hmm. but he was. How much of this, too, um, is, is about the fact that, you know, with the early signing period, it's so imperative where if you fire a guy, you know, pre-early signing period, you fire a guy after the season, it's late November, early December, you got, you know, uh, two months or so, not, not two months, but let's just say, you know, seven, eight weeks to put together or try to put together right. a recruiting class. With the early signing period, you can't really do that now. So how much does that factor into the equation here for Texas Tech or for TCU, for that matter? Yeah, I think for – I don't know as much about TCU, but I think for Texas Tech, I think it's more about just getting a head start on finding that next coach. They didn't yeah. want somebody else like TCU, for example, to go ahead and get somebody they wanted. You know, They mm-hmm. wanted to go ahead and get started, and they like – Kirby Hokett said, like I was saying, there, it was inevitable that, you know, the Wells era was coming to an end. So might as well get started, um, you know, finding that, that next guy. Because, look, they, I mean, it really was imperative with Wells that he needed to work out. But now it's like with uh, Big 12 realignment and just the current uh, state of, of college football in the, country, in the country and everything, and Texas Tech and Big 12, they have to find the right guy. They have to just – it's simple. They have to start winning ball games again, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they have – there's no slam dunk, that, but, uh, you know, higher with this thing, it just always seems like there's no sure thing. But they really need to get this right. Yeah. I mean, this, this program really needs to turn things around. Or, I, you know, I don't know. Well, I don't know what it's going to look like. How much pressure is Kirby Hokut under right now to get this right? I mean, he's kind of living on the uh, – I mean, the Chris Beard hired was – couldn't have done better yeah. there, but he's screwed up. Uh, he certainly hasn't done well in his two football hires. So how much pressure well, is no, he, he under? He screwed up. <laughs> yeah. That's the right phrase. He screwed up. I yeah. mean, I, that's right. That's right. Uh, he's under a lot of pressure. There's no doubt. There's already uh, a sense that, you know, he went – as I like to call it, Lone Wolf McQuaid with Wells, and obviously it didn't last three years. And I asked him in the press conference, "Look, you know, this was your guy. It was, you know, this isn't this wasn't made up. This was something that you said Matt Wells was your guy, that you brought him in to take to take like or tech to an elite level, and it didn't happen. You know, why didn't it happen? And you know, how is that going to change? And basically, he just he said he didn't know why it didn't work. Of course, he didn't really answer the question, but. He's not getting to do the Lone Wolf McQuaid thing. They have a, a search committee, and two of the guys on the search committee are two of the the biggest money donors uh, for Texas Tech and Texas Tech football. So I think the 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 way the the structure of Texas Tech football and Texas Tech athletics has already changed some, just with the fact that Wells didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at what is next, I mean, Jeff Trailer just signed a deal with UTSA, a longer extension. He's now got a buyout of seven and a half million dollars. Is Jeff Trailer off the tail off the table for Texas Tech, or is this still a possibility? I don't want to say he's off the table, but I mean that's a huge hurdle. I mean, it seems like reading through everything that Trailer basically turned Tech down. Yeah, um, and. And that, that's a gut punch, you know? I mean, that's that's another body blow. Like, yep. man. Uh, so now, basically what you're hearing is retreads, to be honest. 
Mm-hmm. Now, some of them are exciting for one for whether it looks like good or bad. But uh, you know, you have Sonny Dykes, which I guess I wouldn't call a retread, but of course he's you know uh, from Red Ritter uh, family royalty with his dad, of course, mm-hmm. um, and he's done a great job at SMU. But uh, you know, TCU is hot after him too. You know, so it seems like he has a really good thing working in the Metroplex. And then I mean. Mike Leach comes up, you know, I know that he's at least Mike Leach is always interested in the next job. So it doesn't surprise me that he's at least willing to listen. Um, and then Could- our Browse, of course, Kendall Browse, you know, they're in the mix. I've heard, you know, people talk about that. It's a, le- they're legit getting looked at. So I, you know, I, you start looking around, you know, Billy Napiers. I mean, if he's looking, if he's waiting on LSU, I, you know, I don't think Tech's legitimate, legitimately in there for him. Um, and if he doesn't get LSU, I mean, I know TCU is interested in him too. So you start wondering, like, who who is going to be the next guy? You know, are you going to yeah. get another Matt Wells? Or are you going to get a home run, you know, uh, higher? What are you going to do, Texas Tech? So I, there's definitely, like, I don't say panic, but growing concern over how the, the – coaching search is going right now Uh, let's be honest i mean you said it there it's a gut punch for jeff trailer to turn down this red raiders team which is what it looks like happened do you have any insight into why jeff trailer is he waiting on something or does he just not think tech is a very appealing job right now yeah i think it's both i think um if he thought tech was on the level of say and maybe it might be like this lubbock or whatever you know what for whatever the reason the fact that there's, there hasn't been a lot of success out here recently or under Kirby Hoka. Um, it's, it's obvious to me. I don't think it takes, you know, Sherlock Holmes to figure out that he did not consider that a very desirable job and that perhaps, uh, you know, the one that is more desirable could open up for him. And mm-hmm. that's what it seems like to me. The Mike Leach thing. I, I mean, I'm sure that there is a portion <laughs> of tech fans who would like that. Is that, I mean, it doesn't sound like Mike Leach has any love lost for for Texas Tech. I know some of his nemesis, uh, some of the people that didn't like him are gone, like a Ken Hans. But uh, I mean, is that at all legitimate? Yeah, it is. There's so many hurdles uh, to it because Ken Hans is still uh, throws his weight around, you know, um, yeah. even though he's not here. But I don't think in like one of my uh, co-hosts on the Rock and Pregame here on 101.1 FM here in Lubbock. Uh, Pete Christie interviewed him and is, you know, basically friends with him from his time way back in the day here out here in Raiderland. But, uh, no, Mike Leach doesn't have a problem with Texas Tech or Raiderland or Red Raider Nation. He has a problem with some of the guys in the admin, like Ken Hans, um, that obviously they had that, that, that battle. That's who he has a problem with. Now, uh, sometimes it doesn't look good, you know, if you sue the university yeah. and stuff like that. But, um uh, that's litigation. That's that's above my yeah. <laughs> that's above but my head. Over my head. There. Do you but, know? So. Do you know Mike Leach well enough to know if that's something that is appealing to him? Kind of this homecoming and sticking it to the folks who yeah. are no longer around. I do. Yes. Yes. It is. It is. I mean, but you gotta understand, Mike Leach is. Well, the idea. He first off, he's called the strange one for a reason. Yeah. He is very strange. Um, if he came back, it would be like he won. Yes. Over over, you know, the, the people who force them out. Yes. So, uh, you know, I, that is what I've been told is, is one of the reasons that, it, you know, a return would be appealing to him. Um, now, if he, is he really, is he really getting past like the, 
the butt sniffing stage, as I like to say, <laughs> you yeah. know, is it really appealing to him? Does he really want to do it? You know, that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but his buyout, I believe, is like five million or or over a little bit over five million or something like that. So that's that's not. I mean, Tech can do that, but that's another hurdle. And then yeah. you have all the you know good old boy that are still around lurking around here. That's another hurdle as well. So I mean, it's complicated with Mike Leach, as, yeah. as you'd imagine. That's but a... <laughs> I, I've been told it's 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 a realistic option, but it's unlikely. Okay, that's the best way to say it. All right, I, I, that that's a that's a good way to summarize that. We know that Art Briles has supporters inside of Texas Tech. I, you know, I thought Jarrett that Jeff Trailer was kind of like the next Art Briles from the standpoint of high school coaching legend in the state, knew the state as well as anybody, without all the baggage, younger guy, and that's why he would have been a perfect fit. That's not happening. So now Art Briles' name, is that name getting more traction? And if so, what is the mutual interest there, if any? Oh, there's mutual interest. Uh, well, for Art Briles, obviously he needs a job, um, and he'd like to get back in college coaching. For Texas Tech, they need wins, and Art Briles has won everywhere he's been at. He has friends out here. Um, he has friends within the athletic department. Um, coaches and former admin, too, um, that are – you know, we'll swear about our brows. So, I mean, yes, again, as far-fetched as it sounds, and it would fracture an already fractured fan base even more so. Mm-hmm. And to me, it seems like it'd be a PR nightmare, but it's still a viable option. They are kicking the tires on is the best way to say it. So who's got more pull here on this? Some of the, the big money folks, the boosters, or Kirby Hocut, or has Kirby lost some of that because of the disastrous hire of Matt Wells? Yeah, he's lost some of it. There's no doubt. I mean, he couldn't. I don't believe he can go all Lone Wolf McQuaid this time. You yeah. know, like I don't, I don't, I don't think he has that power. Mm-hmm. There was a time where he seemed Teflon, like really, like how could this guy just just untouchable? But you know, I, normally if you fail on two coaching hire, football coaching hires, you don't yeah. get a third. Correct. He's still here for a third. You know, and Kingsbury was going to happen, no matter who that athletic director was, but. Boy, that contract extension really hurt Tech, and, and, and Kingsbury's doing a great job in the NFL, and I'm proud of him. He's a great guy, but I was here. The football program was mismanaged under him, and he was here two years too long, which just buried Tech further down the rabbit hole and made Matt Wells' job even harder. Now, Wells has improved the uh, roster to where the next guy will have an easier job, but, man, I really believe right now it's the big money donors who are calling the shots. And these are guys that have donated. I mean, uh, one of them is Dusty Womble. The new basketball facility is named after him for a reason. He donated a lot of money. And then he just donated $20 million for a new football facility. Wow. So, I mean, as you'd imagine, this guy has a lot of pull. Um, you know, uh, Cody Campbell is another guy who he has a lot of pull. He played for Leach. He's a billionaire. He donates a lot of money to, to Texas Tech football. He's like fourth-generation uh, Red Raider football player. I believe his granddad was on the first ever Texas Tech, or great-granddad was on the first Texas Tech football team. So, I mean, these are guys that really care about Texas Tech football. They're tired of Texas Tech losing, and they're putting their money literally where their mouth is about wanting to improve the program. So, honestly, I'm a little relieved just knowing them and their connections and that they're successful and how much they care about tech, that they have a a big say in in who the next coach is going to be. 
Wow. Uh, by the way, if you're a billionaire and you played for Mike Leach, that means you're not all that old. So I'll at least at least listen to what you have to say. I'll tell you that right now uh, That's right. when it comes to a guy like Cody Campbell. All right. So wh- how are you stacking this thing right now uh, in terms of, you know, hierarchy of, of what those targets are going to be? Yeah. Well, you know, Sonny Dykes has to be up there. Yeah. Uh, like I said, there's competition with TCU and then SMU. I mean, he's built something really nice at SMU and I, it's difficult to figure out what the landscape is going to be. I mean, we could all guess in terms of like realignment, but I think the only thing we can be sure of is there's, there's going to be more change. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how is SMU going to be situated? I mean, they're winning a lot. Obviously they're in a great area. I mean, the rebranding that he's done at SMU has been really impressive and I see it in recruiting all the time in terms of the effect it has on, on recruits. So I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I can see a bidding war, old, old fashioned Southwest conference type bidding war mm-hmm. between SMU and TCU. And how can Tech get in there? What can they do to get Sonny Dykes home? And do they, you know, I don't know that Sonny Dykes is a top target for Texas Tech. I know he is a target. I know he's on the list, yeah. but I don't know if that's – because I know three years ago he wasn't. They're like, you know, yeah. pe- people were not excited by the, by the prospect of Sonny Dykes. Now things are different. So then after that, I mean, it, you know, you're, you start getting, like I said, Billy Napier – uh, you start getting into mm-hmm. some coordinators that, that are around the country that, you know, that are impressive. But again, do you, I don't know if you really want to hire a first time head coach in a must have can't miss coaching hire. Yeah. So it's uh, like I said, there's a little concern going on about yeah. the coaching search, but you know what, you know, a lot of times in these kinds type of situations, it's not the sexy hire that ends up painting out and uh, you know, having a lot of success. Wow. Well, this is going to be one to follow. I, I can't wait to see it play out. <laughs> no one's going to have more insight uh, uh, over the next few weeks than Jared Johnson. Inside the RedRaiders.com. Go check them out. Great time to be a part of that website and what they're doing there. Jared, thanks for joining us here on Heartland College Sports. We appreciate it. Anytime. I love being on the show. Thank you. What a great conversation with Jared Johnson of InsideTheRedRaiders.com. What outstanding perspective. We appreciate him, and we appreciate you joining us. Don't forget, leave a rating and a review on this show. That is how you get a free Heartland College Sports koozie. You just hit that five-star rating. You leave that review on iTunes, and then you send me that screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. You guys are awesome. Always appreciate you. And we'll talk to you soon. Hit that subscribe button. Take care, guys. Have a great day.